All right, where are we going? I think I'm, I'm, I'm shifting left and going totally different than what I thought I was going to do. So bear with me if it's a little, a little bouncy. But um, <clears throat> I'll kind of blend it into what I have, but the Lord gave me another scripture to just go from, so I will do that. I feel like that's how we're supposed to go. And Holy Spirit, it's so good. It was such a good night in worship. I can't even believe it's like, I talked to Damon and Oliver this week, and Cameron. No, I didn't talk to Oliver. I tried to call Oliver. But everyone's doing great. But Damon was like, we miss KA. I'm like, you're at Bethel, dude. He said, we still miss KA. It doesn't matter. We miss, we miss being with you guys. So that was, that was awesome. But um, pray for everyone as they go, right? Pray for this guy. Victoria, you know, it's all testing. They're all being tested. They're out getting trained for ministry and, you know, dis discipleship and things are going on. But, we, you know, we've, we've, lost, uh, well, we've, we've, we've given out, right? We sowed. We didn't lose. Just help me. Help me with that. We didn't lose anybody. We just sowed them out. But, you know, it's been an interesting season, right? So this is like about the ninth person that we've sent off. But, we, you know, the whole intent was that this place would be a sending place. So if they're going somewhere else, getting trained up, coming back, that's okay. And if they don't come back, we pray and we have friendships for, for a lifetime, right? And so that's what the kingdom's about, right? It's not holding on, right? Although we want to. We want to keep everyone around us. I'm like that. You know, that's what happens with family. You don't want to let family go. So, but we have to. And so I just, it's been an awesome, awesome season. And so just pray for us as we go through transition. You're here, so pray for yourself. Right? But pray for me and pray for my wife because she has to live with me in transition. And I think I like transition, but I don't. You know, and like any one of us, we don't like it when people move along and, and, and things, you know, weed out and things happen. But the Holy Spirit's in it, in all of it. And so we just have to be firm in knowing that God's bringing a whole nother harvest in, right? I got that word from someone came over and whispered in my ear about the harvest and pulling nets up and having people around us to pull the nets with us. So that's good. We need that, okay? So I'm just going to pray for the word that that comes out right and coherent and all that good stuff. So, Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. We just ask, Lord, as we minister the word, that, Lord, it would be very, very, uh, it would be implanted in our hearts, but, Lord, you do something great inside of that, that, Lord, you'd bring uh, true fruit from the word. And, Lord, we water and we continue to water and we continue to move in the spirit and ask that you would just increase uh, greater things in our lives. And we thank you that you set the bar high and you're bringing us into a place where we walk in a higher place and you want to do that. So we just love you and thank you in Jesus' name. And I was thinking about... Um, Something that happened a few months back, and it was the it was an encounter that I had with the Lord, and and He spoke to me and said that I had His eyes. I saw Him face to face, and He said, "I have your eyes." You know, the Lord spoke those words over me, and and I'm looking at the Lord, and I'm like, "I have your eyes." You know, you have your Father's eyes. So I want you to really, that's a word for you tonight, that look to your neighbor and really just tell them you have your father's eyes. And you do. You really have your father's eyes. And I want to just talk a little bit about 
the process of what God wants us to hear and understand and know. And Paul had this apostolic call in his life. And I want you to understand this. The first thing that was affected when he came into a process of transformation was his eyes. And I realized this the other day. Actually, I realized it again this afternoon, but I was looking at this a few weeks ago, and I just didn't go with it. And I just left it on the side burner. But the Lord spoke clearly today that when, he, when the Lord came in and spoke to Paul, it's funny because we look at the whole condition and what happened to the Apostle Paul as almost like God rebuking him. At least that's how I see it. But I think God wants us to have another understanding and another perspective because when God's trying to get your attention, he will flood you with light. And really, if we look at Acts 22, it speaks of the Apostle Paul. He's reoccurring what had happened, and it's through not the book of, it's through his own testament of what had happened. And it says this, that the Lord came to him, right, and flooded the place with light. And it says that the people around him saw the light, and they were afraid. And listen, this is what brought blindness to Paul. It was the light. And it says that scales fell from his eyes after Ananias came to him and, pro and prophesied and spoke to him. But there were some things that I just want you to look at in his life and in his ministry because he was called at that moment. Come on, he was called before that even. But at that moment, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? And if you turn with me to Acts 22, we'll just run through a couple things. But God wants us to grab hold of promises, but he's calling us to look him face to face and to have an encounter with his light and who he is. When Jesus came to, to Paul, it was just, it was that. But then he went through a three-year process of continuing to pour into uh, Paul's life or Saul's life at the time, right? And the anointing of God came upon him in such a way that actually he wrote Right? Two-thirds of the New Testament, we know. And so the Holy Spirit wants to do big things. It's, it's a question of are we expecting him to do the big thing? And he's asking us, are we going to cooperate? Are we going to sit? Are we going to posture ourselves to receive from him? So here we go. Just, I'm going to start in verse 7. He's talking about his journey to Damascus. And suddenly, verse 6 says, Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard the voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And so I answered, Who are you, Lord? Interesting. Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. And those were with me and indeed saw the light and were afraid. But they didn't hear the voice. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's speaking loud and clear. He's really speaking. And so I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, arise and go to Damascus, where you'll be told all the things you're appointed to do, that are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of the light, and listen, I'm just going to stop right here now and say, you, we, everyone in this room Come on, we, be, we begin by asking, Lord, let me encounter your light. 
Because John continually goes through all the books of John, right? First, second, third, John. Talks about if we're in the light and walking in the light. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's calling us to this place where he illuminates every place of darkness. (laughs) Come on, it's not going to take much if we have an encounter with the light and the presence of God that he begins to open and enlighten and awaken. Because we're going to talk about awakening every week. God wants to awaken us to a new reality, and the new reality is that he wants to encounter you. Is that a new reality? Yes, today it is, because today's the day of salvation, right? Today's the day that he wants to meet with you. Tonight when you go to bed, tomorrow when you wake up, it's a new day, it's a new dawning of a new day, and there's greater things ahead tomorrow, and there's greater things ahead tonight. It's just our perspective, because if we go around and we don't anticipate anything, then what do we get? One one lady at a Paul Kane meeting, Paul Kane was praying for the sick. This was back when they had the big evangelistic tents. And he says this. The lady comes forward and says, he said, you've got exactly what you expected. Nothing. And I'm telling you, the church has got to come in with an expectation that God's going to bring and breathe and promote light all over your life. Okay. So, I, so since I could not see for the glory and the light, being led by the hand by those who are with me. Come on, there's truth in that. Sometimes you just need to be walking with people who are going to lead you by the hand, even though you can't see, even though you can't feel. Come on, I don't feel like it. I'm not feeling it. You need someone next to you that's pulling you towards the place of purpose. And I'm telling you, this is truth. God's pulling you towards the place of purpose. And you need to walk with those who are pulling you to that place. It's so important who, who you partner with, who you align yourself with. And God wants to show us that there's a place of alignment and friendship and family. Come on, somebody. That's good. Then it says this, that... a. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood to me and he said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. So right at that moment, come on, it was someone else to speak a word of prophecy, a word of life, a word of, come on, you're going to see it right. Someone just waiting around the corner to speak to your friend. Come on, someone needs a word of encouragement. And they need the words of life and the words of light. And that you're going to see. Even though you don't see right now, you're going to see right tomorrow. Even though you don't see right, right this moment, even though your perspective is a little off, the Holy Spirit's going to give you something so that tomorrow when you open your eyes, or even this afternoon when you open your eyes, or even tonight when you open your eyes, everything's going to change and you'll be able to see your condition Absolutely beautifully. So he said, receive your sight. And at the same hour, come on, it was just a word. Come on, and sometimes the spoken word, a word in season at the right time, your eyes open. And it just takes the right person at the right time, at the right place. And all of a sudden, everything changes. All your whole perspective will change. 
I didn't have all this when I came here tonight. Then this is ready, verse 14. Then he said this, the God of our fathers has chosen you. Come on. That you should know his will. That you should see the just one. And that you should hear the voice of his mouth. Those three things. You should know his will. Come on. And everyone in this place, God wants to, he wants to release and show the will of God to you. Today. Come on, today. You may not see it, but he wants to show it to you. And just because you can't perceive it doesn't mean it's not right next to you. The perfect will of God. Right? Living sacrifice. <laughs> to know his will and to see the just one. And listen, this goes back to, I'm, I'm big on encountering Jesus. And God, the only way that God is going to release a true apostolic call on the region is when a people come. I'm not saying one individual. I'm saying a people come and see the face of Jesus. They encounter Christ. And who's in, who is the one that's going to bring Christ? That would be you. That would be you. Because you're the perfect. Come on. Come on. He came to live inside of you. And so if you look like him and you talk like him and you speak like him, who do they see? They see Christ Jesus. That's the witness that we need on the earth. I'm telling you, there's a lot of crazy things going on, and, and the church looks, I'm going to say the word, stupid in our perception of some things. Politics meaning one, but I won't go there. The Holy Spirit wants the church to have the word in season. The word in season. That's the true word of the Lord. That's God's heart for the nation. That, that's God's heart for the next nation and Canada and Iraq. And come on. And, and if we don't see that we can have the answer. Listen, he doesn't care how you feel. He doesn't care how you feel. I, I said that wrong, maybe. <laughs> he does care how you feel, but he just doesn't care how you feel. Does that mean, is that better? He does. He's compassionate about how we feel and our emotions. I understand that. But he doesn't care because he wants to use you regardless of how you feel. And about how you perceive your situation. And about how your health looks. Come on, God has a bigger plan than, un than you just sitting there and looking and analyzing. Come on, I'm preaching real good at myself right now. And I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is ready. No, he's ready yesterday. He was ready on the Day of Atonement when I wasn't. Come on. He was ready every day to release a fresh word to your life that's going to change and rock how you see things. I'm telling you, the glory of God is so strong and so overbearing. I'll say it, overbearing. Not controlling, 
but overbearing on your life that if you just give over to it, something would completely change. I'm telling you, I don't know about yourselves, but I get sick of myself. I want to see some change. I want to see things grow and expand. And I tell you, sometimes you're listening to yourself, talking to yourself. And it is, it, it is old. And God wants to speak a fresh word into your life right now. If he's not already, right now. But the perception is this, that we live outside of God's will. Are you living outside of God's will? I feel like we're always groping. Most of the church is groping to find their way. And I'm telling you, God's just saying, walk along the one who's going to pull you in to that place. See the just one. And this is where I got, listen, when we have a close encounter of the God kind. How many want a close encounter with God? I do. I want to see Jesus face to face like the real Jesus, not like some vision. I want to see him show up, come in the back door of the church, however that looks. Can be my bedroom. Can be my bathroom. I don't care as long as he just shows up. Right? And I want to see the just one because when we see the just one, we no longer see ourselves. Come on. There's going to be a moment because if we look at John, he had an encounter. Right? The one who he laid his head on his breast. Come on. The nice Jesus who he knew, who was his best friend. He encountered Jesus in a different way, didn't he? It was more like, oh, God, not my buddy Jesus, the one who I put my head on his chest. And I'm telling you, we've seen the, we've seen the, the baby Jesus at Christmas. We've seen the, the crucified one who died for us, even the resurrected one, but we have not seen, come on, the one who sits at the throne of the Father. And I'm telling you, if you look at the book of Revelation chapter 2, I'm stuck there for some reason and I can't get out. 2 and 3. <laughs> and it's not a good place to be. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? It's not really a good place to be. Because here's what happens. is Every time you look at Jesus in the book of Revelation, he begins to reveal another phase that you need to change. Every church that you see that he's bringing a word to. And listen, this is what I love about the Lord. He'll bring a word of rebuke, right? But then he brings another word, a word of how to turn things, a word of how to overcome, a word of how to bring change, a word of repentance. This is what I do. I quickly repent, and this is what happens. I become the overcomer. But it all goes upon the heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about where our heart is postured and where our heart is enthroned. Because sometimes my heart can be enthroned in rebellion, and I don't want to do what he's saying to do. I'm just being truthful tonight. I want to do something else other than he wants what he wants. And come on now. Oh, boy. 
we got to know the times and seasons. Listen, when John said this in, in, John, in John 14, when Jesus said this, you know the verse. Greater works than these will he do. Will you do? Because I go to my Father. But I, we forget the two words ahead. Old King James says, verily, verily. The other one says what? Assuredly. Most assuredly. And really, it's a legal term. And the legal term says this. Yes and amen, yes and amen. I'm going to do it. And I'm not lying. It's all truth. It's a legal witness term. I, I solemnly tell the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God, right? And that's his words to us because if, if anyone else said it, these works you'll do even greater. You wouldn't believe them. But I have a feeling that even in the book of John, when he says those words, we don't believe him. I just have a hunk, an unction, a hunch that we don't believe him. Why? Why? Because there's not sick people hanging out waiting to get in this place. That's one reason. Because those who are bound. Listen, if the church was truly moving in the stuff. Here I go again. I'm sorry. But the church was mo really moving in the stuff. And we were really walking in authority. And it is steaming hot in here as usual. <laughs> We'd be moving in what he said in John 14, 12. Greater works. That means creative miracles. Anyway, well, we won't beat that horse. What's the problem? Romans 13, verse 11. Besides this, you know what? It's a critical high hour. It's high time. You woke up from your sleep and roused to reality. <laughs> For salvation, final deliverance is nearer to us now. Listen, I like that word now. You know what I like about that word now? It barricades me from the past. And it blocks me from the future. Now. Now faith is, right? But now means you can't, be, you can't be going back. You can't be saying, I wish it was the days of Smith Wigglesworth. Or you can't be saying, tomorrow we'll have awakening. Come on, awakening is now. Revival is in you now. Breakthroughs in your life right now. And so we need to understand that it's this season, right, knowing the times and the seasons to wake up, awaken from sleep. Why aren't we living in fullness? 
Come on, there's apostolic fullness that God wants us to walk in. Why? Because we don't give true diagnosis. Listen, I've had this shoulder diagnosed. <laughs> it's still in pain. Right? I don't think I'm getting a true diagnosis of what the problem is. Because it's clicking and moving. It's not because of a torn rotator cuff. I have full mobility. They go by what I say. And they don't have a true diagnosis. And so, in right now, just, all right, you'll talk about, I'll talk about me. My true diagnosis of myself is God wants to do something greater than is actually manifesting. But there's things that have to change in me. Come on, it's better when the preacher preaches than at himself, isn't it? Listen. Revelation chapter 3, and I'm going to go there. It's the Laodicean church. What does Laodicea mean? What does it mean? It means governed by the people. Governed by the people. And so listen, Jesus is knocking, and what's my true diagnosis? is if Jesus is knocking, someone tell me, if Jesus is knocking, where is he? He's outside. He's not in the church. Oh, that's a true diagnosis. And this is the church age I believe we're in. Part of it, you can go through every church and see some of it, but some of it's this. He's outside the church. Hopefully he's here tonight, or I'm in big trouble. Right? But if he's outside the church, then that's the diagnosis, that we need to let him in. And we have, a, we have two different opinions, right? He speaks to the Laodicean church and says what? Because you say I'm rich, I've become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. I don't need anything. How many come to church say I'm good? How many said tonight when you saw someone you weren't feeling great or another time, I'm doing great. Everything's great. I'm doing great. No one, just me. I'm the only lying preacher. <laughs> Come on. Let me just say this. This is what Jesus said. Church says this, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, I have needed nothing. And then there's a very different opinion from what Jesus says, isn't it? Totally different. Don't you know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, and blind? Wait a second. Oh, and naked too. And what does he say? Listen, this is good. This is good. Because he gives us a pure understanding of where we're at. And what's his counsel? To buy. <laughs> buy. What will it cost you? Everything. Good answer. It will cost you everything. 
And here's the message that he wants us to understand. But when we sell everything, when we give it all, when we give it away, we'll get from him what? Gold refined by fire. Come on. I want to look like gold. Didn't Paul say that? Paul said this. He said, here's the things that are going to burn. All the wood, the hay, the stubble. All that's going to go under judgment. And what's going to come is gold and silver and precious stones. And that's where I want to live. I want to live in the golden precious stones. And the church is wanting to live outside of the wealth of the kingdom. I'm telling you, God has a rich inheritance for us, yet we settle for something outside of that. Come on, I love you. I'm not mad. Right? That you may be rich... Right? And then we buy what? White garments. And here you go. You give everything, right? White garments, purity, holiness, all these things are available. But we, come on, God's saying there's an exchange. We just got to give that other thing that's keeping us from purity and holiness and walking in the light and pure righteousness. Come on, it's been given by the cross. Yes. We've received it in all fullness. But we fight this tug of war back and forth with the Father. And he just wants to lavish us with all the good stuff in the kingdom. That you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. See that? That's a loving Father. He doesn't want to reveal all our stuff. He knows our stuff. But he wants to come and lavish us with the garments of righteousness, the purity of life. Come on, he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, giving you divine nature, right? And then this other thing, again, back to the eyes. I salve. So that what? I can see. And I can see clearly because his presence came on my life so that I can now see properly. And when I gave over to it, all of a sudden, right, if anyone, if anyone hears my voice, my voice, my voice, and I want to hear his voice. That was the other thing, right? Paul said, hear the voice of his mouth. And he wants to release the sword of the Lord in this day so that we activate and we move with what he speaks, what he's spoken in his word. It's words of life. If anyone hears my voice, they'll open the door. And it's really, that's all it is. Come on, it's so simple. Opening the door, moving it. And it's going to cost us everything. This is what it says, Jeremiah said, 29, 12, 11, 12, and 13, you know the scripture. I know the what? Plans. I know the thought. Come on, he has thoughts and plans for you. Right? Then you call upon his Call upon me and go and pray, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me. What? With all your heart. See, there's this thing that I don't like in Scripture. I don't know about anyone else in the room, but I don't like it. When he said in John 15, 5, he said, without me you can do nothing. 
Let that sit for a minute. Without me, I can do nothing. You know what nothing means? Nothing is a zero with a vacuum in it in the Greek. It's really nothing. It's like anything you think you're doing in your own strength is getting sucked right out of anywhere. Nothing. And like I said last week, we can have green leafy trees. Every church can have a green leafy tree with no figs, and every, no one will know the difference. And that's why he cursed the tree. He said, you don't have fruit? And they came by, whoa, the next day, remember? They're like, wow, he cursed that thing and it's dead. It's less than nothing. So where do I stand on that? That's, that's that thing I was talking about last week. Where's revival? Is it blowing the roof off? No, it's taking, taking the floor out from under us. Because you can't do anything in your own strength. God wants to do such amazing things. He just wants us to yield. Ready? Yield. It was funny. I heard this illustration about two cars, like, you know, tons of years ago, right? First, first automobiles on the road. There was an accident with two cars because the other person wouldn't yield. And that's just like us. We don't want to yield. You ever deal with toddlers? My God. Ever deal with adults? My God. Ready? He's trying to teach us what's the difference between the holy and the profane. Right? The Zadok priesthood. Come on, somebody. I'm going to stick my finger in there and get it. Right? The Zadok priesthood is this amazing picture of us. Right? The priesthood. But here's the thing. Ezekiel 44, 23 says this. Moreover, they'll teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. And cause them to discern between the clean and the unclean. And that profane means this. Empty, worthless, and no eternal value. You know, we think of it as something like, <laughs> listen, no eternal value. And God's trying to get us thinking kingdom. What is value in the kingdom? What actually goes, it was funny, because I, every time I would just pray near uh, Henry, it would be like I would see his account in heaven just going, why? Why? Because he just feeds the poor. He takes care of the, the, the addicts and the poor. And I'm watching, and I, I see this in the spirit, and the meter is running. And I'm like, I'm getting on that. Just touch it. Come on, we want eternal value. What does that look like? What does that look like? I think we perceive in the Western church that it looks a lot different than it really does. And so another word for vanity, same thing, right? Remember vanity, Solomon, says this, right? The word was like this, that he had all these things, but it was like reaching for what? You're grasping for air. All is vanity, right? Grabbing at the wind, empty, it's empty. And we have it in our mind, you know? So Jesus says this, right? I heard someone say this. This was a definition. Jesus said, this is my definition of profane. You want to hear it? I don't know. 
anything that, God, that man is doing that God did not initiate. Anything that man is doing that God did not initiate. Come on, that's the voice of a prophet right there. See, God's calling us to seek first the kingdom always. And I'm winding down for a landing on that. Anything he didn't initiate. So God, I, it makes, puts me into a reevaluation. Because <laughs> I'm like, God, whatever you're not in, I want to cut that thing off. And so why? Listen, Paul was called, right? He says, I want you to discern. This is what the Lord said. Discern the will of the Lord, right? To know his will. To see the just one. He's wanting to know the seasons and the times. That's what he wants you to know. The seasons and times. He wants you to encounter him. And he wants you to hear his voice clear. So that what? So that you'll be a witness to all men of what you've seen and heard. Come on, somebody. God wants us to be the people that declare the word of the Lord. Come on, it's not empty. It doesn't fall to the ground. There's nothing that's going to happen that, that we speak that's going to falter. But I'm telling you, that's not what I discern in these days. There's a lot of things, predictions, and a lot of things that are being said that is not the Lord, and, and the church needs to get there discernment on and I'm not talking even I'm just talking in general there's things that are being said that are not God there's stuff that's being preached that's not the Lord there's doctrines there's all kinds of stuff going on and the church needs to really come up to another level and that's what my heart is that we'd come to another level not that we be elite or over or any of that nonsense. That's egos. That's messed up and twisted. But that we'd have the compass. And that's an encounter with Christ. And that's his word speaking right through your body. And speaking healing right through you. That there'd be a shift and a change and a movement. And we see that, right? Acts 10.38 says, Jesus went about doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed the devil. But it says he was filled, filled with the Holy Spirit and power. So the Lord wants to release great power on the church. But I know he's saying this. He says, I'm not going to give great power to people who I can't trust. I won't... I, you know, who's going to woo the bride into some other place. And I love the Father. I just want to, come on, don't you want an encounter with him tonight? That's what we want. That's what we're after. I want to know his will, his perfect will, not a maybe. I don't want to know maybe. And I know we do the best that we can, and I'm not, come on, I'm not being overcritical. But the Lord wants to release something powerful on the church and the church just needs to align with it. All right, I'll stop. Why don't we stand?
Holy Spirit's so good and he's so faithful and he just honestly, sometimes I get up here and I feel like I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm glad because I know he wants to do stuff inside of us. And I'm just trying, I get urgent about the message that he wants to release to the church. And the Holy Spirit wants to do this. He's not playing hide and seek with us. He's out in plain sight. So God just wants us to just ready, posture ourselves. And when he's knocking, I don't want him outside the door. Come on, let him in. Let him in, let him in, let him in. And so, Jesus, we just let you in tonight to everything that we do. <laughs> Lord, we don't stand here like we're somewhere outside of your will. But, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your, your resurrection power, your life. And, Lord, we don't want to play around anymore. We don't want to step outside. And so, God, I just ask tonight that you just release heaven. Lord, encounters. Every person in this place encounters, encounters, encounters with you. Lord, that we would know the will, that we would hear your voice, that we'd be witnesses of what we've seen and heard. Listen, we can't release anything that we haven't seen and heard. And what's going on in the body right now is there's a lot of puppets that are, actually, I should say parrots. They're parroting other messages. And so, Father, give us a true message from you. Lord, I thank you for your hand on every person in this place, your heart towards every person. Lord, we thank you that we walk in righteousness, we walk in truth, we walk in, in light. And, Father, fill us with light, pure light, and bur that burns away everything that's not of you, that we encounter you in places that we've never encountered you before. And I pray that you release our eyes so that we might see that we'd receive the salve, that we'd receive the things so that we can see properly and move in motion with what you've called us to. We thank you, Father. Just see the Lord right now, just open the safety deposit box and putting them in front of everyone. It's just like in front of everyone. Choo. So there's, there's things that are sacred and amazing that he's just opening and unveiling. And so, Father, we would just receive that right now. Just in a prophetic community right now, we receive that right now. We see you open the box and we receive what you've given to us. We don't step back from anything that's being released from the, from the storehouses of heaven right now. I just see you, Holy Spirit, just releasing things from storehouses now. So if, tonight, if you just want to, if you're good, just receive. But if you need prayer for anything tonight, just come forward. We just release, I just release he heaven's treasures tonight that are just being opened, the true treasures, the true fullness of what he wants to give. We thank you for the gold, the, the, the rubies, the emeralds, the diamonds that you just want to drop into us.
the gemstones that you want to release over us. Wow. Break all of our old thinking. We just pull blinders off of those who are blind tonight. Any place you've received blindness, that's the thing. You need tonight. You should come forward if you feel like you can't see right. You can't. You're not seeing right. It's something about the eyes tonight. The Lord wants to give you. You already have it, but He wants to give you His eyes. Come on, when we have His eyes, we see everything different. We perceive everyone different. Lord, we want your eyes. We want that face-to-face encounter. See, just like that, and you can put your hand over your own eyes, because I believe the Lord wants to do something. Don't don't go by on a moment where I'm telling you. So many good things he wants to do. So Lord, open our perception. Lord, flood our eyes with light. Flood our entire beings with light. every place where we perceive ourselves differently than you, how you see us, Father, we just eradicate that now, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We take authority over that right now. True perception. True eyesight. Right now. Receive, 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 receive. Yeah, he wants to give us new vision, new insight, new stuff. Nothing clogging up, no vision clogging up anymore. strong in the room right now. Yeah. Just really, really, really strong.
open, 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 open. Take every scale off every one of our eyes. You want to see the new things? You want to see all the things that you're going to do? <laughs> Some of you, the Lord's got to reopen the eyes so you can see the things that were in the past that he's wanting you to take care of and jump right into it. So, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for opening vision, reigniting vision, reopening vision. Speak. 